Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Connor O'Gara of Saturday Down South. Going to talk a little Razorbacks with us. Connor, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? Good. You know, that's the first time I've been called an alpha in a minute. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I pride myself on being a beta, and I have no issue with that whatsoever. We need betas in this world to make it go round, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I guess that's the first time I've heard that in probably several years. Yeah, well, that probably tells you a lot about me if I'm calling you an alpha. So I guess that uh, <laughs> says it all right there. But I, I'm going to say this, too, also. Uh, Connor, you know, this in the, earlier in the show when we were talking about your predictions for Arkansas and going game by game, I mistakenly said and uh, had thought that you had picked Arkansas to beat Alabama this upcoming season. So what I'm going to need you to do is I'm going to need you to change your prediction and make <laughs> Arkansas beat Alabama this year so that way uh, we can make it all right for Razorback fans and that way I won't be wrong. I was really tempted to. And last year I, in preseason, you know, I pat myself on the back. I put I put the upset of A&M beating Alabama in my crystal ball. And then, of course, the week of the game, I backed off because Haynes King was out and A&M had lost two consecutive games. But, you know, who knows? These things can change. This is just a preseason projection. If, if we get to that week and I'm like, wow, I am buying Arkansas even more than I already was coming into this year, which 9-3 projection, go check it out, SaturdayDownSouth.com then who knows? Maybe that prediction can change. Maybe my A.J. Jefferson Heisman campaign can really get rolling, and I can start banging the drum for that. But you know, as of right now, I think it's going to be one of the games of the year in the SEC. I love Bama in road venues. I think it's always great, great theater with teams that can actually stay with them, which Arkansas showed they could do last year in Tuscaloosa. So I'm looking forward to that one. I think it'll, it'll be a really good game. But as of right now, no, I do not have the Hogs pulling off the upset. Connor, you've said many times that you're high on the Hogs. So coming off last season, of course, they look good, but this is a whole different season. And it seems like even the non-conference games and non-conference schedule is a little bit tougher. But what makes you so high on the Hogs this year? Yeah, well, the, the non-conference part is probably the reason why if you're not high in Arkansas, maybe that's giving you a little bit of pause. I don't know definitively if this is the case. I'm just going to go out and, and say it. And just if somebody wants to try me on that, that's totally fine. I've never seen a non-conference schedule that does not include a Power 5 team that is this difficult. I mean, it is tricky. It, it is fascinating from start to finish. The fact that you got Cincinnati and BYU in there, that's really difficult because they're two of the best non-Power 5 teams in the country. They'll be Power 5 teams next year. Uh, and then also having... Hugh Freeze and Bobby Petrino on the non-conference slate. I mean, that is really difficult to have to navigate through. But the reason that I, I came up with this projection for them is because, man, I, I think that Georgia game skewed what a lot of people thought Arkansas was. They were a team that was, what, a three-score underdog in that game, and they get blown out, and everybody's kind of off them for a bit. They didn't have that winning record in SEC play. But at the same time, I kind of looked back at last year, and I'm like, wait a minute. Georgia was the only time that they didn't belong on the field. That was it. And if they had a healthy KJ, I think it's a more competitive team, but they were not going to be able to stay on the field with that specific Georgia team with a less than 100% offense. So I look at this this group coming into this year, which I, I love the fact that they have an identity. You know what they're going to be. You know they're going to have one of 
if not the top rushing game in Power 5 this year, just like they did last year because of all the pieces they have returning. I think Barry Odom's defense can take a step forward. I'd love to see Jalen Catalan stay healthy this year. I'd love to see Drew Sanders be that edge rusher that they've been lacking for about a decade now. And if they can do those things, they have the pieces in place to be able to navigate that really difficult SEC West schedule. Now I got to ask you about a specific game because obviously you have Arkansas going nine and three, five and three in conference play, finishing second in the West. And I think all Razorback fans would sign up for that and be say, "Hey, that's a great year because that's one more win that you had than last year in the regular season." Uh, but the game that you have that I think Razorback fans are probably saying "huh" to is you have them losing to Auburn on the road. Now losing to Bama is one thing; even losing to Mississippi State on the road coming off of that Bama game is not going to be easy. But coming out of a bye week, heading into Auburn, which is a team that is very suspect and don't really know what's going on or how good they could be. What what about that game makes you feel like the Arkansas Razorbacks are going to lose? I, I think this is one of those games later in the year in which Auburn is desperate, absolutely desperate. They sense that their coach could be uh, on the chopping block. They are feeling that we need to have a uh, nobody-believes-in-us type of performance. And Arkansas on that day, unfortunately, is I think it's going to be the victim of that. And I actually think that we're going to see Robbie Ashford starting at quarterback in that first game. And so the unknown of Robbie Ashford at quarterback doesn't necessarily allow Barry Odom to have this plan of attack. And so instead of having kind of a, a good feel for what an offense is going to look like, Arkansas is left trying to figure that out. And instead of this being a game in which Arkansas feels good. It shows, all right, we're definitely the number two team in the West. It's a reminder that the West is going to be all over the place. It, it absolutely is. And it was last year, too. I mean, Alabama played in one-score games in the fourth quarter six of eight times in SEC play. I mean, it was really a division that felt up for grabs at point, at, at certain points. And I think that in a game like this, that even though they're going to be coming off of a, a bye week and then a week before that, a nice win against BYU on the road, I think that this is a, a letdown potential type game against a, an Auburn offense that's going to maybe have a little bit of a new identity that's going to be playing extremely desperate on their home field. So with your predictions uh, ahead of those, of course, it's three or four games you have Arkansas losing. So is that just an unfortunate stretch of the schedule? Or is it kind of a domino effect after losing to Bama that you're going to drop some games? Yeah, I mean, it, it's the way the schedule sets up. It, it, it just kind of is. And we've seen we've seen Arkansas do this in the first two years of the Sam Pittman era, where you get off to that great start, and then that, that midseason lull, it's all, it's all about how do you respond from it? How are you able to make those adjustments? Last year, they made those adjustments better, and they had a little bit of that figuring out process once Jalen Catalan went down. I thought that was a, a really costly injury for that team and that defense, and they were, what they were trying to do. And then they were able to figure things out down the stretch, but – I think this year it's just really difficult. It's going to be a dogfight to win games in this division. That's the way that it sets up. I'm really high on Mississippi State this year. I think there were very few people at SEC Media Days, from what I remember, that had them as high as I did as finishing fourth in the division, which has them going four and four, having the tiebreakers on those things, going eight and four this year. But that's going to be a difficult road game. And I, I think that, that's, that, that, that those, those two teams have played each other really competitively these first couple of years. And I think that's a, an opportunity for, for Will Rogers to kind of get dialed in at home and be able to kind of have the last laugh in this one and have a little bit of revenge after last year in a game that um, I, I think Mississippi State fans would say that wasn't necessarily the right call with the Traylon Burks pass interference deal, but Arkansas fans know better than anyone. 
look, probably about time that they were owed one from SEC officiating, so they let that one slide. Connor, you also have mentioned something that Mississippi State isn't necessarily known for. They're really known for their offense, and you did mention Will Rogers there, but you seem to think that their defense is going to be better. Yeah, I do. I, I think if you're if you're kind of sleeping on Mississippi State's defense, remember this. I mean, they're they're among the nation leaders. They're in the top ten of the country in percentage of returning production. They had the number three rushing defense last year in the SEC, behind only Georgia and Alabama. Now it was a group that lost some key some key defensive linemen before the season even started, and that was year two of the Zach Garnett era. And they returned just a, a bunch of key playmakers. And Jeff Johnson is the guy who I think is going to become a household name in the SEC in the middle of that defense that they like to run. And they were put in some tough spots last year. I mean, it's no secret Mike Leach, his teams historically, I mean, they haven't had a whole lot of quality defenses. They've had one top 30 scoring defense. This is a guy who's been a head coach at Power 5 level for 20 years. So to say that they're going to make that next step and be the best defense that Leach has ever had, I think might be a little bit too strong. But at the same time, I think they're going to be one of the best units in the SEC and I think they're a group that's going to give a lot of people problems because they're they're healthier than they were last year, and they have a lot of really nice pieces up front. And if they can get pressure, it's kind of a similar thing that we talked about with Arkansas. If they can get pressure, that defense is really set up to have a big year and surprise some teams. It's me with Connor Aguero of Saturday Down South here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Now, Connor, I went through my predictions, and of course I'm probably going way over the top and crazy and saying Arkansas is going to go 10-2 and this year. Uh, because I think they go 4-0, go 2-2, two and two, then 4-0 down the stretch. But you also have them going 4-0 and ending 4-0 as well. But the first four games I want to ask you about, because you're talking about beating Cincinnati, beating South Carolina, Missouri State, and then A&M, which a lot of people are high on A&M. I'm not, I'm not uh, as much as what some are. I also have that as a win. And so you're talking about potentially that game against Alabama in the fifth game of the year, where Alabama could be number one undefeated, Arkansas could be undefeated, maybe a top 10, borderline top five team. I mean, how is that not going to be considered possibly the game of the year in the SEC if your predictions come to fruition and both teams are undefeated in Fayetteville in October? Yeah, it absolutely could be. I mean, that's that's a byproduct of, of a couple of things. Not not diminishing that game because I, I predicted in my crystal ball, I think college game day is going to go to Fayetteville. I, I think that's going to happen first time in 16 years, and, and I think it will be an unbelievable atmosphere and, and I know you're talking to, to Bear Felica last week. They, they want to get to some of these Power 5 schools they haven't been to in a while because that's when they really get those unbelievable kind of soak it in type of moments. And I think that that's, that's going to happen in week five. But, you know, the way that this all kind of sets up is in part because, you know, Alabama doesn't play Georgia in the regular season. And Alabama and Georgia, in my opinion, are, are heads and shoulders above the rest of the conference, right? Like the entire offseason, everybody's asking, who's the number two team in the West? Who's the number two team in the East? Because everybody just assumes you have the same team at the top of the division. And everybody assumes that we that, that Alabama and Georgia are going to be playing in Atlanta for an SEC championship yet again. So, yeah, it does have potential to be the most pivotal game. I have Tennessee going into Georgia and, and knocking off the dogs and beating them for the first time since 2016. So that would be kind of my, my like game of the year that everybody remembers, the, the game that feels like A&M, Bama last year. Um, so that's probably what I'd give a slight edge to, but it's definitely on that short list, and it could end up being a, a game that has obviously massive SEC West implications. A game that's later in the schedule is LSU, and Auburn, LSU, they seem to be in a similar spot where it's kind of a lot of unknown. You don't know what to expect with these two teams. 
it could go either way as far as they could be a better team than most people are thinking, or if they're not so good, then that's kind of, you know, where people would, would seem to lean towards. But LSU and Auburn, who would you hold in a higher regard right now? LSU, um, look, I, I think that there, there's a chance, there's always that chance that Auburn's just going to have the most Auburn season ever in 2010, 2013. They just catch you out of nowhere. I, I would I would tend to say, though, that the odds of that have decreased in the current system that we're in, right? In this this world in which, you know, it's all about talent acquisition, that has changed really a lot in the playoff era and the way that – and that's the reason why it's so top-heavy at the top of the sport. So it's really difficult, obviously, to go 14-1 and and to win a national championship. And obviously nobody's talking about that for Auburn, but – man, they just have too many issues for me to see that path. I don't really know what they're going to be at the quarterback position. I don't necessarily believe in T.J. Finley or Zach Calzada. That's why I have Robbie Ashford starting that first team for the first time against Arkansas. And I think that if you're you know, a guy that has his job on the line, which everything suggests Brian Harson's job is on the line after the, the coup that was organized in February, then that that's a really tough thing to be staring at. And they have coordinator changes galore. I mean, they're already on their third offensive coordinator. Brian Harson's entering year two. They have to replace Derek Mason, their defensive coordinator, and then an in-house promotion there. So I just kind of worry what they're going to look like in the trenches. I think their passing game is going to have major issues. But then LSU is the most unpredictable team in the country. I mean, a team that has double-digit power five transfers is – going to be a total wild card. I don't necessarily even think that Jackson Dart is a guarantee to start. I picked Luke Altmaier to be the starter, uh, even though everybody's talking about the USC transfer. So who knows what his upside is. They're trying to overhaul that entire offense via the transfer portal, with the exception of that offensive line, of course, which returns four starters. But I, I think that they're an entire – I mean, they're, they're a, a massive, massive wild card. Oh, and I'm talking about Ole Miss. I'm not even talking about – I realize that I skipped to Ole Miss. I'm not even talking about LSU anymore. But that's that kind of speaks to the division, how it feels very much up for grabs this year. And it feels like everybody's all over the place, and they're going to have one week where we feel like we know who the number two team is, and then another week where it feels like they're the worst team in the division. Connor, it was something that I thought was interesting is since you have Arkansas finishing second in the West, and a lot of people think Kentucky in the East will be that team that will finish second over there. So between those two, who do you think would have a better chance of winning their respective division? Two teams in Arkansas and Kentucky that people like, people think they're good, but I don't know, are they going to be good enough? Which team would you take as far as winning their division? Oh, man. Kentucky probably has a little bit of an easier path just because it's not the West. You know, like Kentucky at least gets Georgia at home. You know, if – I don't think Kentucky's going to beat Georgia this year. I don't think Kentucky's going to beat Tennessee. I have Tennessee finishing second. So that's maybe uh, – that, that's a little bit tougher. You know, Kentucky has two winning seasons in SEC play since the Jimmy Carter administration. All right? Like, that's – both of those have happened in the last four seasons, though. That, that's the thing that you just kind of never know. But, you know, 6-2 and two is probably what Kentucky would have to do to at least have a chance of winning the division. And one of those win, one of those six wins obviously would have to be against Georgia. I just don't see that happening. So I, I would probably actually give a little bit more benefit to Arkansas because I, I watched Arkansas play with Alabama. I watched that game be really, really close last year. And I feel like with the returning pieces, obviously, if you're going to a New Year's Six Bowl, you should theoretically have a chance 
to be able to play in a conference championship. And so I would say, even though that path is really daunting because it would take Arkansas being probably seven and one in conference play with having to win against Alabama, I, I still think that they would probably have a very, very slight edge and I would give it to them over Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think that uh, in a fun scenario, though, imagine Arkansas and Kentucky playing in an SEC championship in football. Like, just at the same time. Like, imagine that happening. And I don't even know what the reaction would be, but I feel like people would think that the college football landscape as we know it is just going to come crumbling down. Well, you know what? It would be, like, in all honesty, it would be kind of great for those who keep continue to say that it's just the same few teams every year, right? I mean, I, I'm going into this year assuming a national champion is coming from that top three. If you're outside of that group of Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, good luck, man, because the talent that those three programs have acquired is at a different level. And everything suggests that you need to have top five, top six talent in the country to be able to win a national championship. Even 2019 LSU was still at that level. So I just think that it would be great to see a bunch of Power Five conference championships like that where it is unpredictable. I mean, think how fun it was last year to watch that Baylor-Oklahoma State team in the Big 12 championship and then not have Oklahoma in there and just assume that they're going to collect another conference title. You know, we need some variance. Ohio State not winning the Big Ten championship last year was like, whoa, hey, this is kind of fun. This is new. We don't really see this. It'd be fun to see a Pac-12 team in a college football playoff. Like, all of these things would be good for getting that national audience, which, you know what, the sport has become very regional. And Greg Sankey has talked about trying to make decisions for the good of the sport as long as it doesn't necessarily shoot the SEC in the foot moving forward with the college football playoff. And I think that would be a, a thing that you would get a lot of people rooting for. Arkansas is America's team, so you know what, seeing them in a conference championship would be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I know. It seems to only make sense to me, man. Yeah, I was just thinking, I think Kentucky and Mark Stoops probably have to get done with their uh, game against John Calipari and the Kentucky basketball <laughs> team, man, because, like, what a story that's been real quick, dude. Like, I've, I have I never thought I'd see two major coaches at a major uh, SEC school be acting this way. This is a cautionary tale for even for programs like Arkansas. Things change when money is involved. And when you have to ask for a significant amount of money, which that's the entire reason John Calipari brought this to the forefront, with he's trying to get this new practice facility, he's trying to get on the level of Kansas, even though that's not going to make or break whether or not Kentucky loses to St. Peter's in the first round. But it's all about that power dynamic, right? And yeah. Arkansas feels great about that synergy between Hunter Juracek, Sam Pittman, and then Eric Musselman, but there's just no guarantee. I mean, those those three at Kentucky have coexisted, including Mitch Barnhart, for almost 10 years now, and, and things happen, and it's all about how you weather the storm, and things have not been at a point like this until right just now at Kentucky and Arkansas. And, man, if it can survive 10 years like that, it'll be uh, it'll be a small miracle to see those all those three be able to coexist.